Hi everyone, and welcome to Simple Marketing Academy. This is where small business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs come to learn very simple, cost-effective marketing techniques so they can gain more clients, make more sales, increase their revenue, and grow their business. My name is Jill Fox, and I am the co-owner of Fox Social Media, along with my son, Tanner J. Fox. We help businesses, practices, and brands to market, advertise, and grow online. And we've been doing this since 2010. So happy to have both the Simple Marketing Academy podcast and the Simple Marketing Academy show on YouTube so that we can help all of you as well. So let's get started. So I want to tell you about how I started my six-figure business, Fox Social Media, back in 2010 for just $7.99. Now, back then, it was probably a little bit cheaper than it is now, but you absolutely do not need a ton of money to start an online business. Um, you know, other brick and mortar businesses, that's a little different story. But a lot of these concepts, if not all of these concepts, still apply. So what I did was I bought my domain name for $7.99 from GoDaddy. The .com was not available, so I actually bought the .net at the time. I was really fortunate in that my dad was hosting several websites and he hosted mine for free, so I did not have to pay for uh, website hosting. Um, the website was set up very basically. I created my own logo and I did it myself well with my dad's help, I think back then. Um, so I wasn't paying a developer and I worked for free for three months for my son's former hockey coach. From there, he referred me to another gym owner who hired me to work for him. Um, he later expanded and gave me more locations to do the social media for. So back then, it was just posting to social media for my clients. That's all I did. My business has evolved and grown exponentially since then. Um, but I think, you know, the important things that I did back then was try to connect to people, um, go above and beyond, do an amazing job. And I would reach out to people on LinkedIn, had the free account, um, but I'd reach out and invite local business owners to coffee, and I did connect with several, um, and some of those people actually either started using me or referred me to others. And what's pretty cool was that sometimes it was way down the line they used me or referred me, but those relationships really matter. So after 13 years, lots of changes and lots of growth, I want to tell you my 10 most important lessons. These are the 10 most important things I think you need to know to start your own business. And again, mine is an online business, but most of these things are going to apply to any kind of business. And the first one is to be ethical, treat people well, and go above and beyond. So you've offered to do um, work for someone and, you know, let's say you, you're setting up a website and you offered two revisions and they still want a few tweaks after that make the tweaks. Don't charge more. Just do it. I mean, obviously you're not going to go and spend 10 hours, but really go above and beyond and um, do a great job for your clients. And that's in the beginning and all the way through. 
Number two is to bootstrap your business. One of the things that I think people make the biggest mistake on is spending tons of money on this app and that app and you know all these different um, you know this great microphone and this great camera and this business location and all these things they really don't need. So when you're starting out, you're not making a lot of money. You need to keep your costs down, which I think you should do all the way through. But um, what I did to bootstrap was I did everything myself that I possibly could. I would um, do my website with the help of my dad. Really, I did on uh, back then. I've since learned to do um, create websites myself. Um, however, back then, I he helped me to set up my website. I set up my social media. Um, I did everything myself. I did my own posting. I did not pay for any apps. I did not pay for anything. I did not need. Obviously, I needed a computer and a cell phone, which really pretty much most people have anyway. Um, and I just bootstrapped. Uh, I did not buy an app or anything until down the road. And one of the very first things I did buy was insurance. In my form of business, I bought um, E&O insurance and uh, general liability insurance. And um, those are things that you can discuss with a real good insurance agent or insurance broker um, so that they can go over what you need and um, give you a good idea of pricing. And again, you don't need to spend a ton of money, but those things I feel are important. Number three is to tell everyone what you're doing. So that means your family, your friends, your acquaintances, your contacts. Um, don't be annoying and just talk all about you. I don't mean it like that, but go ahead and send out an email and let everybody know what you're doing and just offer to help, offer to answer questions. Um, you know, I bet there are people right now that would refer uh, clients or customers to you if they knew and fully understood what you do. Keep in mind, we don't know what each other does. One of the interesting things that happened when I started posting videos to LinkedIn, which just as a side note, that's the most important platform for me because my business is B2B. So I serve other businesses. Um, what was really interesting was that when I first started posting videos, acquaintances would say to me, Jill, I didn't know that's what you did because we really don't understand what other people do unless we're in the same field. So go a little bit down the road. And then I started getting, wow, you really know what you're doing. And then the next thing that happened was people started saying, can you help me? And I saw that evolution of what happened on, you know, with my videos on LinkedIn. And I thought that was fascinating. And I was also really glad that people were watching them and that those videos were helpful. The other thing that happened was I've, I actually have had people reach out to me based on my podcast, based on my uh, YouTube videos and say, um, that that's how they found me and reach out to me asking for help with their marketing. So that was a great way to get a client. In addition, I had somebody tell me that they use my how-to videos to train their staff on how to do the marketing. And that, that made my day because a, a lot of the reason I do this is I want to help other people. I want a good business. I want to earn income. 
but I'm doing something good and I'm helping others. And that's very cool and rewarding as well. So, um, yeah, that's part of the tell, tell everyone, but we're going to transition into number four, which is create content. And I've already kind of laid out why that's so, um, important, but there's other reasons as well. So when you're creating content, you are helping your SEO, your, the search engine optimizations, you're helping Google and, and, and the others, you know, being in Yahoo and whoever else, uh, search engines to, surface you in search results. So when somebody says, I'm looking for a um, bakery in Nashville, Tennessee, that helps you to pop up. That's not the only thing, but that greatly will help your search engine ranking as well. Creating content, especially video, um, and, and, you know, I think uh, podcasts as well, but, but video where people can see you especially helps to build trust. It helps the get to know you like you trust you factor. So people start to feel like they already know you once they've watched several of your videos. The same thing happens as I just explained happened with mine. And that is people start to know you. They understand that what you do, they understand that you know what you're doing and they feel like, oh, I could reach out to this person and ask for help with this particular situation I need help with, uh, or buy this product, I think this will help me, or I can ask them a question. So I think that's really important. Uh, creating content is crucial. It, it covers all of those bases as well as SEO. The next thing I've kind of already touched on this as well. Number five is keep learning. Oh my gosh. So for example, in my business from just posting on social media, I had to learn, let's see, what did I have to learn? Oh my gosh, where do I start? Um, I had to learn SEO. I, I learned how to create a website. I had to learn ads, online advertising. I had to learn email marketing. I learned video marketing, editing. I learned how to create and run a podcast. Um, I know I'm forgetting things, but um, I had analytics, how to read and interpret analytics, um, you know, how to create an overall marketing plan. It's not just social media anymore. That's not enough in most cases. So I had to learn how to create uh, a great marketing plan, an online marketing plan for businesses, which now I can do in my sleep. Um, the bad thing on that is if you talk to me, you get unsolicited marketing advice from me because it can't help it. It's just flowing out. <laughs> so the next thing that I want to talk about is um, create your Google business page. Now, mine was taken down. Initially, I had a um, just a little mailing address at a location, so I was able to have it. But once I didn't have that anymore, Google took my page down because... I don't qualify to have a page according to their rules. You have to have a brick and mortar location. So I'm hoping they change that because there are so many online businesses and Google pages are so wonderful. Um, Google is the number one search engine in the world. So the first place people go to find, let's say a flower shop in Houston, Texas is gonna be uh, Google. And when they can pull you up and you have fed Google all the information on that page. You've filled it out. You've put all your information. You've added some photos. All of those things make a difference in surfacing you. And um, even if they surface you and you haven't 
filled it out correctly, it's not as likely that someone's going to click on your page as they are one of the other pages that pops up. So that Google business page is wonderful. The other thing I want to tell you um, with the Google business page is that Google reviews, in my opinion, are the most important. One is because I think Google handles them better than, than the other platforms. I am um, not a fan of Yelp at all. I don't think they're ethical. I have seen far too many examples. I do not like Yelp. Um, I don't think that's where you should send people to do reviews. Um, so Google, I think, again, handles them much, much better. Not only that, but Google is the first thing that's going to surface when someone searches your business or your type of business. It's um, sometimes Yelp will be down there as well. But when you, when somebody looks specifically, it gets to the point of saying, let me look at this business. I'm going to Google this business. Your Google business page comes up and right there are your reviews. So they are to me, the most important place to ask people to leave reviews. And on a side note, I want to caution you about something really important before you ever start this. If you have a brick and mortar location or see clients in your home, do not let a client do a Google review for you while they're on your, your Wi-Fi, while they're in your location, because Google will know that that is your IP address and think it's a fake review and take it down. So don't do that. Make sure they go home. A great thing to do is to create um, a little card or on the back of your business card even that you can hand them and ask them to do it when they get home. You know, you've got a QR code that they can scan and go directly to your Google business page to leave the review um, or, or the URL, whatever you want to do. But um, yeah, anyway, don't let them do it in your place of loca your business. I've seen that hurt. Um, a nail salon actually in California that I would go to and when talking to the owner, she couldn't figure out why her reviews weren't showing up. And after we talked, we figured it out. She was asking people to do them in the shop and that's why Google wasn't showing them. Number seven, use social media. So using social media doesn't mean you have to be everywhere all the time. What it means is to pick two platforms to start with. Now, the two platforms need to fit two criteria. One, that's where your ideal clients or customers are. Two, you're comfortable with the platform because if you hate it or you're not comfortable with it, you aren't going to use it. You want to make sure you pick two platforms that meet that criteria. So you have a um, you have an accounting firm. So you are doing accounting for other businesses or high level business people that own their own business. You want to be on LinkedIn. Anytime you're B2B, you want to be on LinkedIn and B2B means business to business. Your business sells to other businesses. So you want to be there. Let's say you're a fashion designer. You have to be on Instagram. Oh my gosh, because Instagram's a very visual platform and you've got to show off your beautiful work. Um, that's where your, your clients and customers are going to be. If they're super young or on the younger side, then they may be on TikTok as well. Um, you know, you can look at platforms like Facebook. Facebook is kind of, it trends a hair older, but it's kind of a catch-all. Um, it's still the biggest social media platform. It has rivals now, but it's still the biggest social media platform. So unless your audience is incredibly young, um, that's not a bad place to be either. And there's some ways you can make this easy. So one of the things you can do to make your process easy is to use a 
social media scheduling platform. There are platforms you can use for free when you're first starting because you're just using them on such a small scale. Don't pay for one. Don't pay for any of the things you absolutely can live without when you first start. The scheduling platform that I use is Social Pilot. And although I have to pay for it because of the number of clients I have on it, you won't, you can start for free. And I really like that platform. So in the beginning, you can um, basically post the same post to your two social media platforms. Um, that being said, I always, always, always recommend you have an image always with every post it there's too much out there if you do a text only post it's not going to get noticed it's just going to fly right by people's eyes they're going to glaze over it in their news feed so i always recommend you use an appropriate image with your post so that would allow you to put it on let's say facebook and instagram now there are certain posts you don't want to have on linkedin unless your business is um you're a restaurant, unless you're a restaurant, you don't want to post a picture of your dinner on Instagram, on LinkedIn, I'm sorry. Um, that being said, if you're a restaurant, heck yeah, you do, that's your business. So that's appropriate for, um, for that specific platform if that's your business. So just keep those things in mind. But in using a platform, let's make this easy when you first start. Post three times a week to social media, use the same post on the two platforms you're choosing. You know, if one of them's LinkedIn, kind of keep that in mind to make it sure it's business related, but um, that'll save you so much time. And again, you can use a, a scheduling platform for free. The next thing that I want to talk about is to email market. You have to do email marketing. Um, it's really important to start from scratch. And when you first start, you're going to say, Jill, I have I don't have email addresses, how do I get those? So what you're gonna do is right in the beginning on your website above the fold, and that means what people see on your website before they ever scroll even a hair. So go to your website, hit enter, you know, type the URL, hit enter, and whatever shows up right there is called above the fold. So above the fold, we've already talked about, you need, people need to know what you do, who you do it for, and what the outcome is of using your product or service. In addition to that, you wanna have a little button there that they can click to get your lead magnet. Now, a lead magnet is simply something you give away for free in order to get their first name and email address. I'm simplifying it here. Let's make this a digital product. Let's make this something that is a PDF a little ebook, anything that you can create that has value, it's valuable enough for the person to say, I really want that, I'm willing to put my name and email address in there. And it, you're going to email them this, um, this ebook or this PDF in exchange for their name and email address. That's how you're gonna start building your email, uh, what, your email addresses, your email list. One of the things to keep in mind is that when you create the little simple form, which you can do in Google Forms even for free, um, then you are going to uh, make sure that there's a line down there saying, 
they want this and they're subscribing to your email list. However, it's also important to let them know that they can unsubscribe at any time with one click. That's important to let them know. It's also important to follow the email marketing rules and have that specific um, process in place. So the other thing you need to know is that through your email marketing platform, you can set up what's called an autoresponder. You can have that form. If, if somebody fills out that form, you can have an email there that's automatically, you've written it out, you've attached the PDF, it automatically goes to the person who's requested it. That way you don't have to take more of your time. You set it up and it will send the, the PDF, the document, the lead magnet to the person who requested it. It will also add them to your email list. So you've accomplished two things without um, having to do any additional work. Which brings me to my next uh, point, which is you need to have an email marketing platform. Um, you know, I have um, a, a Gmail email address. That's my email address. That's not an email marketing. To, so Gmail is not my email marketing platform. I use an email marketing platform called Brevo, B-R-E-V-O. It used to be called Send in Blue. And again, I pay for it because I have a larger email list now, but you won't have to pay for it. It's free. And it'll grow well with you in that it's um, it's not expensive as you grow. Um, it's, you know, for, I think I've got maybe 2,500 email addresses stored in there and it's costing me um, $25 a month for the, the marketing uh, email marketing platform. Again, for you, it's going to be free. I think if you, um, you send less than 300 emails a month, it's free. Check me on this. It changes all the time. But that's individual emails. So if your your email list is you know ten, you could send them thirty emails a month, and that's three hundred. So make sure that you get that set up right away. Simple. Um, make sure that you have your uh, it's collecting your names and addresses. You have it auto responding to anyone who asks for your lead magnet. And keep trying to grow that list. It's going to serve you well. You want to reach out in the beginning, you know, even if you can reach out monthly in the beginning um, with just helpful information. You don't want to be, it, the basic point of the email doesn't want, you don't want to be selling. You also don't want a lot of clutter, video, all kinds of things in the email because the deliverability is, is bad. Um, you'll get a better open rate if you don't have all of that. And it's more like a personal email. Um, the email platforms will customize. So they'll take your email list and they'll say, okay, there's three names on it. And the, you'll get three separate emails sent. One will say, hi, Mary. One will say, hi, Fred. One will say, hi, Tom. So what they're doing is they're adding the first name to the email so it is personalized. Now, along with sending those emails, um, you're going to want to, it's, it's okay to do a little sales pitch at the bottom, but let's say you are a, you sell baby products. Okay. And your email each month is going to talk about, um, okay, the recalls on certain baby items or, um, the, the latest trends in, um, in, car seat safety, or you're going to talk about, um, this particular baby formula got the highest ratings or, um, you know, 
mattress safety for newborns. Um, any of those things you want to touch on and talk about that the new mom is going to be interested in, or the soon to be mom and dad um, are going to be interested in. So go ahead and send useful, helpful information. How to, how to get your baby to sleep through the night. If you find some great articles, you can put just a short paragraph about the article and link to it. But again, not too many links. You don't want more than three in your email. So save one of those for you. Now you've built this email and at the bottom, it's perfectly fine to say something like, wanted to share this 20% off coupon for all of our products, um, or we're having a sale this month, wanted to invite you down, or some little sales pitch at the bottom is perfectly fine. You just don't want the entire email to be a sales pitch because nobody wants that and you will get unsubscribes. So speaking of unsubscribes, don't feel bad when people unsubscribe. Please think of it as you were really glad that person is removing themselves from your list because they are not your ideal client or customer. You don't want to have people on your list that aren't because one, it, you got to pay for everybody on your list eventually. You won't in the beginning. Um, two, it, it really reduces your open rates. And three, there's just really no sense in having that person on there, you wanna focus your attention on the people who are your ideal clients and customers. So the next thing I wanna talk about is having a contract. So I have a very basic contract that I drew up. Um, I think I actually got mine online from a free site that offers templates. Now I'm not gonna tell you to do this you, it depends on your business, what kind of knowledge of contracts you have. And you have to make sure that you're following um, the laws in your industry and, and that apply to you. Everybody's situation is so different. So you may want to contact a, a business attorney or use a source like um, LegalZoom or one of those to get the right information. But I do have a contract with each client. And the contract states the basics, what I'm going to do, what they're going to pay, when they're going to start paying, what happens when we want to end the contract, those items are covered in that basic contract. And I won't start until that's signed. It does two things. One is it makes sure we're both on the same page. And two, it does give you backup if there are if there's someone who doesn't want to pay you um, or who chooses not to, you have that backup. Now, all that being said, there is another thing that I do with my contracts, and that is I don't force people to stay working with me ever, and I never have. Um, I don't want to put someone in that situation if they're having financial difficulties or um, any other reason. So I tell them, you tell me today that today's your last day, we'll prorate your last month, and you don't have any other obligation to me. Now, my husband, who's a former CEO and COO, thinks I'm crazy, but I feel more comfortable doing it this way. And next, this is probably one of the most important things you can do, and that is to be consistent. Be consistent with all of your efforts, your social media posting, your marketing, your contacting um, people and asking for referrals, you're sharing the information about your business. You're learning, continue to learn. Be consistent with everything and that's going to propel you forward 
faster than any other single thing will, and obviously doing a great job as well. And the last thing I want to talk about is make sure you find something you love to do. So if you love what you do, it's so much easier to get up every day, be excited about it, and to do all the hard work that goes into having your own business. It's also easier to do a great job and feel that sense of pride in helping whoever it is you help, whether it's with something they need, something they want, or whatever your business does. Obviously, there is so much more to the story um, than I could possibly say or talk about in a short podcast, but I hope these steps make you feel like you have a good understanding or good idea of what you need to do to get started. Don't be overwhelmed. It, they're not difficult. Take them one step at a time. Also, make sure you go to our website and get our ebook, which is called The Social Media Blueprint. That will go into detail explaining to you exactly how to use social media, what you need to post, why you're doing this, and give you all kinds of information you need to get started. And it's completely free. So just go to foxsocialmedia.com and you'll see the pop-up right there to request our free ebook. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at foxsocialmedia.com. On our website, you'll find that we have done-for-you services through Fox Social Media where we help businesses, practices, and brands to market, advertising, grow online. And we've been doing this since 2010. This is a done-for-you service. We also have services for very small business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs who can't afford done-for-you services. And this is a very inexpensive program called Simple Marketing Support, where we're there to teach you, support you, and answer your questions. You can find more about all of our services if you go to foxsocialmedia.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.